On this episode of the Recenter Podcast, I am bringing you Dr. Michelle Jorgensen. So we have never done an episode like this on dental care, and this is going to blow your mind, and it's going to give you some serious resources to be able to make sure that you are keeping your mouth not only healthy and looking beautiful, but that your mouth care is not toxifying your body. And there's a, there's, that's a really key piece here. So let me start by telling you a little bit about Dr. Michelle. She is a functional dentist and she is a traditional naturopath. So she falls in that category of what we call a biological dentist. And what is really coming to the surface in a lot of health conversations right now is that there are things going on in our mouth that may be the source, the actual root cause of some of our chronic health problems. So in this episode, what Dr. Michelle is going to walk you through is the three most toxic situations that can happen to your mouth, and some of them will shock you, and what you can do about them. So that's yeah, that, that I really wanted to lead her down that path of like, okay, if these things are going on in our mouth, they may be a reason why we're not getting well, but what can we do about it? Like, give us a solution. I always want my podcast to have some action items. And she did a beautiful job of helping you navigate how to resolve these major things, these three things that are toxifying you. But then at the end, so stay all the way through, we talked about what about daily hygiene, like toothpaste and floss, and what do we need to know about that? And she she actually blew my mind and gave me some really interesting ideas on simple things we can do every day to make sure that our mouth is staying incredibly healthy. Now, I also want to point out a couple of my favorite highlights from this episode, and that is she really dove into why you, what's going on in your mouth may be affecting your sleep. And specifically, for those of you that wake up at two in the morning or multiple times a night to go to the bathroom, there may be a connection to something going on in your mouth. This episode will blow you away. And it's such a valuable resource, not only for those of you that are really looking to solve your health problem, but those of you who are trying to prevent a health crisis. I I just adore this woman. I love this conversation. And most importantly, it is going to save lives and be a valuable tool for you, your family, the people in your life as they start to themselves on a really positive health journey. So Dr. Michelle Jorgensen, enjoy. Hey, Dr. Mindy here, and welcome to season four of the Resetter podcast. Have I got a lineup for you this season? Lots of deep thinkers, a lot of brilliant minds, all with one focus, to move the needle forward on your mental and physical health. So please know that this podcast is all about empowering you to believe in yourself again. And I want you believing in your body. I want you believing in your mind. I want you believing in your spirit. If you have a passion for learning, if you're looking to be in control of your health and take your power back, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy. Hey, Resetters, 
As we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy, and I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year, and my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused, I want you to customize this for you, and I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. So I just want to start by welcoming you to the Resetter podcast. I, I've been wanting to have this conversation with you for months. I don't know if it was your schedule or my schedule. I'm just so happy you're here. So thank you I'm for joining me. Well. Thank you. <laughs> this is our third season. Third season? God, maybe it's the fourth. Time is, has become an enigma to me now. Um, and I have yet to do a really good episode on dental health. So for those of you listening, what Dr. Michelle is about to share with you can be the answer you've been looking for with your health. So with that in mind, Michelle, I would love, love, love for us to start with, why do we need to think about our mouth? I mean, I just have for years have been using toothpaste and floss and doing my thing that my dentist said to do. What piece of information am I missing about how the mouth connects to the rest of my health? You know, that's a good question. And I like to start with my story because as a dentist, you'd think that I'd be the first one that would think that, you know, that a mouth was important and the things that go on here were important. And, um, I, I'm in a dental family. My dad's a dentist. So I was just raised in dentistry. I've watched him. He literally is still practicing in his seventies now. So he hasn't had hardly a sick day in his life. And I just thought that that's how dentistry went. You know, that's how you did a career. You just went and you loved it and you worked every single day and you, you know, loved every single day. And um, about eight years into my career, I started to get really sick. 
Mm. And I didn't know what it was. And it was just Mm. so because I was watching my dad never having had anything happen, I didn't even think that it could be related to my work. So, you know, I started looking into gut health issues and those were some of the big ones I had gut health problems. And, you know, I mean, everybody has gut health issues anymore. So I thought, well, there's a lot of potential causes here. Started working on nutrition and diet and everything that you know to do already. And it helped some, but some of my big symptoms didn't really, it didn't really move the needle for those. And those were memory problems. I've always had a really good memory and Mm. I couldn't remember anything. Like I couldn't Mm. remember a patient's name from room to room. And that was very unlike me. And the other big one is my hands started to go so numb. I actually couldn't Mm. hold my instruments anymore. Ooh, wow. So I knew something was seriously, drastically wrong. And uh, I went to every doctor, every test, MRIs, and no answers. Everybody said, you're perfectly healthy. So because they didn't have any answers and I didn't know what I was going to do, I actually had my practice for sale. And, um, you know, I was in my, my, my early 30s and I am the one that my business is our family business. So if that was going to go under and I couldn't do it anymore, then our entire family uh, income was going to end. And uh, it was a big deal. So I was yeah. looking around trying to find what I was going to do next. I was going to yeah. speak or coach or, you know, do something that didn't involve actually hands. And one of the practitioners I was speaking with said, you know, have you looked into mercury at all? Mm-hmm. And I hadn't. I like in dental school, what we learned about mercury is that, yes, the fillings we put in those mercury, those silver fillings, they have mercury in them. But once it's in your mouth, it's completely stable. There's no problem with it at all. And if you talk to anybody about mercury and relate it to their health, you'll lose your license. Wow. So that's the talk we get in dental school. So I said, well, no, I haven't thought of mercury. You know, it's completely safe and I don't have any fillings anyway. And he said, Mm, it's not the fillings you have. It's the fillings you've been drilling out for the last decade with no protection. And I hadn't given it a second thought because no one in the profession talks about it at all. And now I think, what in the world? Of course, I was three inches from somebody's head and I was a cosmetic dentist, really good at it, making teeth look gorgeous. Well, nobody who wants cosmetic dentistry wants black fillings. So I was drilling out tons of black fillings because nobody wants them when they're looking for, you know, good looking smiles, drilling out a ton. Every single time I would drill it out, it would release all that mercury vapor and it was straight into my head. So I got tested and that's what it was off the charts, mercury toxicity. So all of a sudden, all the symptoms made sense because mercury is a neurotoxin. So it affects your brain. It affects your nerves. It affects your gut because it interferes with the way your gut works. So all of a sudden, everything made sense. And the doctors, I found somebody finally who said, okay, I can help you with this. But they said, I don't know how you're going to keep doing this because how are you going to keep drilling it out, breathing it in and get it out of your body? Right. So you're going to have to figure this out. Otherwise, you're really not going to be able to keep being a dentist. So I searched far and wide and I actually found an organization that had protocol already that they'd created for how to do this safely for the patient. Mm -hmm but also the practitioner had never heard of them before, had no idea about any of this stuff. So I started doing, following their protocol for me, just for Mm -hmm. my own health, Mm -hmm. not for my patient, not for anybody else. But as I started doing it, I started thinking, wow, well, this is probably good for my patient too. And this is probably good for my dental assistant who's sitting right there too, you know, and and patients started paying attention because it's kind of hard not to when you're covering you from head to toe and they're like, yes. Why I've been you, to a dentist who did this. That? Yeah, so you know what it looks like. It's it's a little, you know, it, you're like, 
whoa, whoa, what are you doing? And so they would start asking questions and then they'd say, wow, my doctor actually was saying that it was really good if I would go to somebody who did that. So do you want to talk to my doctor? So I would start to talk to doctors and then doctors would ask me, well, do you do ozone? I didn't have a clue what ozone was. Do you do this? Do you do that? I didn't know what they were even talking about. So the doctors knew these things, but I as a dentist didn't. So I would go to all these different courses and things, very obscure places to learn and learn the things they'd ask me about. So I could say, yes, I do that now. And all of a sudden I realized, wow, the mouth has such a part to play in health. I had no idea. Dentists are honestly typically mechanics. Like there's a hole in something, we clean it up and fill it up. That's just kind of what a mechanic does, you know? That's yeah. that's all we're doing is we're just mechanically kind of putting things back together again so they'll function correctly without ever thinking that this is very much connected to all of you. So that's been my journey now. And and they still the dental profession. I mean, I think we're hearing more and more about it because more and more people are getting symptoms of mercury toxicity, but the dental profession in general still hasn't embraced the idea that putting mercury in is harmful oh, no. or could potentially be harmful. Is that right? Correct. They will not, and they will never because of the society we live in. So in European countries, they've actually banned it. And some, not all, but some. Wow. In the United States, they never will. Because yeah. if there's an organization, the American Dental Association, the FDA comes out and says, this is dangerous, Every dentist who's ever placed one will be under a class action lawsuit. Oh, wow. That's the country we live in, right? It's, wow. it's not the dentist's fault. It's not the, you know, it's it's the world we live in's fault. Yeah. So they will never do it. They will never say this is dangerous because it would be too much litigation for every dentist on in, in the United States. That is crazy. So just for the person listening, because one of the things that I noticed just in helping people regain their health through detox and fasting and all the hormonal stuff is that so many people are walking around with silver in their in their mouth and mercury in their mouth. They've been told the same thing that you were you were taught. Yeah. And so they haven't connected their chronic health problems to what's going on in the mouth. So give us just so we don't, before we go on, like, how would I suspect that maybe I've got a mercury toxicity from my teeth? What are some of the classic signs? And you mentioned the hand and the memory, but let's just so we can help people identify it for themselves. So mercury is one of the big three. So I have three, three big ones that I talk about, but mercury is the first one that I started with because it was my problem. Yeah. Um, you know, the fillings that that we call silver fillings are 50% mercury. So we shouldn't call them silver fillings because they're actually only about 15% silver and 50% mercury. So I call them mercury fillings now, um, but 50% mercury and mercury is, well, if you break a thermometer, you're going to have to call a hazmat team to actually come and clean it up in your house. So it's incredibly hazardous. It's dangerous, particularly to the nervous system. So if somebody's having brain fog issues, memory issues, uh, things that may hint of dementia or Alzheimer's or any of those kinds of things, we immediately think mercury. There's something mm -hmm. going on. There's a really interesting thing that I, lo I love to study source and, and history. Mm -hmm. And uh, mercury was used by hat makers back in the 1800s. These young men, they were typically in their early 20s, would use mercury, rub it on fur, and that's how they made felt to make felt hats. You know, those were the cool thing, the, the big felt hats. Well, this is what the term mad hatter came from. 
because those hat makers actually were going insane. They would shake so badly, they couldn't actually hold a utensil to feed themselves. And they were in their early 20s, early 20-year-old men. So doctors at the time figured out, hmm, mercury may be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's frying, the, yeah, it's frying the nervous yeah. system of these young men. So this may be a problem. There's a whole long history and background behind how we still use them, but uh, yeah. leave that for another day. But uh, going to be have a lot of neurologic symptoms. So nervous problems, um, numbness, any tremor, that sort of thing, very much indicative as well as gut. So mercury interferes with zinc binding and zinc is the thing that's a precursor mm. to stomach acid. So if you don't oh. get zinc, you don't get stomach acid. If you have mercury, you don't get zinc. So mercury often will shut down stomach acid production and stomach absorption. So gut issues are a big one for mercury. Could you test, could you get a stool test that shows you have a good balance of, of microbes in your gut and still have mercury toxicity in the gut? 100% because the microbes are irrespective of mercury. So mercury, the problem is, is it actually binds the same receptor that zinc does. And zinc is one of the precursors to creating, to the cells in the stomach actually creating acid. So you may have a healthy biome and everything's going along just fine as far as biome goes, but because mercury binds to that receptor site, you're not actually able to create the stomach acid you need to absorb. So, you know, it's interesting because this is another thing I talk about with fluoride. Oftentimes, some of the problems in the mouth or some of the problems with dentistry mask other problems and make it look mm -hmm. like you're just fine when you're not because of masking. So this is one of those instances where mercury, you can have completely fine biome and everything else, but yet your stomach's still not functioning. And you think, why? What's going mm. on? You can't make stomach acid. And wow. And you know, zinc's the other, zinc is so important for hormone production, specifically testosterone, um, but also all of them, progesterone, estrogen. So that's so interesting. You just actually connected some dots for me um, that it, potentially if somebody's got mercury in their mouth and it's affecting their gut, affecting their zinc levels, yes, it's stomach acid, but it's also affecting hormone production. Totally. So, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. What Explain a little bit before we move off the topic of mercury. Explain like what is it when, it when we're chewing, the hot, the cold, like how is it seeping out? Because when I've had this discussion with some people, they're like, no, my doctor said it's safe. And what I want people to hear is, yes, that's what the line that dentists have been taught. But then I really want to arm people with information so they can go back to their dentist and say, hey, A, don't put mercury in, and B, um, this may be a problem. So, you know, what is it the chewing? Is it the hot? Is it the cold? Is it the filling over time? What is it that causes the, causes the leakage? All of the above. So mercury will vaporize due to basically pressure, you know, so something rubbing against it will create vaporization as well as heat changes. So there is an organization, the one that I found called IAOMT, and we can put this in the show notes wherever, but on that site, they are, they are very research focused because they have to be able to defend their positions. Yeah. So on that site, there's a mercury position paper. And if anyone really wants to be armed with information about what's going on, that's the place to go because they have something like 157 research articles on there listed that talk about how mercury is released from these fillings. So this is not something that just crazy talk dentists are talking about. This is something that research is, is backing. And there's a video that you can find online that shows 
the vapors releasing from the tooth. So it's every time you chew, it's every time you put the teeth together, which is every time you swallow. So every time you swallow, which is a thousand times a day, it's um, if you ever grind your teeth at all, it's going to release it. And then temperature changes. So hot or cold drinks, food, anything that you're putting in the mouth will also release it. Is it a lot? No, but it's just a slow and steady dose. over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to point out too, just again, before we move on to the other, I want, I'm curious, the other two toxins that you are the big ones, but um, I, who takes your mercury out? It, what type of dentist is massively important? And I actually had a really interesting scenario with one of my patients where um, she had heard me talk about mercury toxicity. And so she ended up in her dentist chair and the dentist said, oh yeah, these are bad now. We're, we're realizing that. Do you want me to take it out? And she was like, of course, take it out. Uh, wasn't a biological dentist, didn't have the hazmat suit, suit on. And within hours of the dental chair, she was going crazy. And she started calling me and she was like, I'm so anxious. I can't relax. She had the looping OCD thoughts. She's like, do you think it could be the mercury that the, my dentist just took out? And the first question I asked was, did they have a hazmat suit on? Did they do, you know, make sure that it, you weren't inhaling it? And she's like, no, I just had it taken out. So I just want to make sure we're very clear that as you're listening to Dr. Michelle, that there is a proper dental procedure to taking it out. And is there a way for us to know if our dentist is skilled in that or not, Michelle? Thank you so much for bringing that up because I tell people all the time, it's actually better to leave it in than to have mm -hmm. it taken out improperly because ah, the dosage yeah. leaving it in is low dose chronic. The, the dosage taking it out is high dose all at once. It's going to just fry you. So don't take it out unless you find a dentist that can do it safely. So what does safely mean? Again, right. on that IAOMT site, there's an entire list of protocols called the SMART protocol. They also have a dentist directory or a dentist finder. So you can go on there and type in your, your state, your city, and see if there's somebody that's SMART certified that mm -hmm. is in your area. What you're going to look for is they are going to have certain attire on and a certain mask, but that's their protection. You also should have the same. Your mm -hmm. whole body should be covered. Your face should be covered. It's with like a seeable screen. We don't want you to, you know, <laughs> to suffocate. So, you know, but, you know, the, your, your face is covered. You should have something on your nose blocking mercury vapors from the nose. You should have a, a dental dam so that you're not swallowing the, the pieces mm -hmm. that are coming out. And you should have a giant vacuum that goes right here at the base of the chin that's pulling all of the fumes and all of the vapors as they're being released from the filling because there's a lot of mercury released during the removal process. And that's one of the worst times to get mercury. We also make sure that there's a detox program that your elimination systems are moving before you yeah. do this and that you have a lot of binders and antioxidants, glutathione, that you take post-removal so that your body can deal with anything that it does get in during that procedure. Yeah, and thank you for walking through that. And we will leave your clinic's name in the, in the notes. I will tell you that I have now come to a point where I'm willing to travel anywhere for the best doctors. And when it comes to dentistry, yeah, I'll travel anywhere to make sure that the dentist that I'm seeing is one that knows what they're doing because of how subtle it may appear the differences between dentist, but your toxic load could really be going up in that dental chair. 
So thank you, thank you for pointing that. What are the other two? You 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 said there were three, and Mercury was the main one. I just want I was curious. I'm I, I'm not quite yep. sure what you're going to say. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. the, the big three that I talk about that a lot of times people don't know about in dentistry that really does affect your overall health in an enormous way are mercury. So any metals as well. Metals we're kind of we kind of group it under a whole metal conversation. There are other metals in dentistry that we look at as well. Um, but the second is infection and most dentist mm -hmm. dental infection is actually hidden. It's hidden. You don't see it. And the symptoms are non-existent. You don't even know what's happening. And then the third is airway. There's an enormous epidemic mm -hmm. in our world and our nation. Well, the world, not just the nation, um, of people who just simply aren't getting enough air for their bodies, the metabolic processes to work correctly, the hormones to work correctly. Nothing works well if you're not getting enough oxygen. So those are the big two. So we can dive into wherever you want to go. Yeah, let's just so I, I'm hoping people will just be able to connect some dots for themselves. Yep. So hidden infection, there's no sign symptom is what I just heard. So you can't really say that you have it. So um, and I, I think we call these, is this what you would consider a cavitation? Is that the it's official one of, them. one of the types? So how would you know? How, like, how would you know if you had a hidden infection? Let's just start with that. Yep. So some people do know, you know, I see a lot of new patients and um, this week there were two people who said, they use the term ghost pain. I have ghost mm -hmm. pain on an old root canal. One was a woman who'd gotten hit in the mouth and she killed the two front teeth. And she said, I just have ghost pain up here. Nobody can mm -hmm. explain it. So she did have symptoms, but it wasn't like, oh my gosh, my face is swollen up to this, you know, the size of a baseball and I can tell I have an abscess tooth. It's not that. It's often just this, it just doesn't feel right. You know, it just doesn't mm -hmm. feel good. That's how people mm -hmm. will often describe it. So the two biggies are root canals mm -hmm. and um, I'll go through that. And then what you said, the word cavitation, and I'll tell you what I actually call it because it makes, it makes more sense. Excellent. Um, so root canals are the first one. And I talk so much about this because there are 35 million root canals performed in the United States per year. So that means I am talking to 35 million new people every single year about this procedure or hope to, you know, educate 35 million people wow. every year about this procedure. Wow. It is it is simply done. And, and I am an advocate for dentistry. I'm an advocate for dentists. I, I am never one to believe that people are doing things intentionally to harm others. You know, that's just never been my position. Yeah, I hear you. So I don't believe the dentists understand most of this. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I've performed hundreds of root canals myself before I yeah. knew, knew any differently. Yeah. So the problem is a root canal procedure, what it even is, is there's a nerve canal inside of the tooth. That's where the nerve and the blood vessels go up through the root, up through the tooth, and then back down the other side. That's how all the nutrients get from you into the tooth because your teeth are alive and they mm -hmm. have minerals that need to get out there to keep them strong and healthy. So if a tooth dies or is dying because of a big cavity, because it's broken, you know, something like that, if that nerve is dying inside of the tooth, what happens is they go in and clean that nerve canal out, remove the nerve, remove the blood vessel and seal it up. Now the concept is awesome. Like it's really awesome that you can keep the tooth in your mouth, even though it's dead, you can keep it in your mouth. You can keep smiling with it, chewing with it. I mean, that's great. You know, so much better than losing a tooth. The trouble is once it's sealed off, now there's no blood flow to the tooth. 
which means mm-hmm. there's no immune system access to the tooth. Mm-hmm. And there's teeny little tubes that go off of that main canal that can't be cleaned. They can't be cleaned. They can't be filled. So there's always dead tissue left in the tooth as well as bacteria because bacteria love dead stuff. They just Mm. do. So you have now these little cesspools, this kind of backed up sewer system inside of the tooth. Your immune system can't get to it because it's been sealed off and they just start to have parties. I tell people all the time, it's kind of like a frat party going on inside of there. They're drinking, (laughs) they're dropping their cans, you know, they're doing all this stuff and all of the toxins from their partying literally kills the bone. And once it's left the tooth, it spreads through the rest of you. So research shows that this infection, literally one root canal can lead to heart attacks, strokes, cancer, at rates of, I'm talking 60, 70, 80%. Huge. That's crazy. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called Power Sync 60. And it is literally... This program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us, is that we literally created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man, one of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you gotta do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. So PS60 and then my last name, PELS, P-E-L-Z to get 20% off and you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org and you use the code PS60PELS to join all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. I remember when it came out, there was a really interesting study that came out about breast cancer that you're, and I talk about that. What were the statistics on that? Because one of the reasons I even got into functional medicine was because of a patient who had breast cancer and uh, she turned a three month diagnosis into 10 years doing a lot of things, but we had never, ever discussed teeth. And you know, what's really interesting is that once I figured out the breast cancer and teeth issue, I actually was able, I still had her x-rays and I pulled up her x-rays in my office and I was like, oh my God, she had so many root canals and mercury in there. And I was like, oh, we never talked about that. I wish we had talked about that. So talk about that, that correlation, because that's one we need to shout from the rooftops. You know, and the background to that is that the body is, there's, there's, Basically, I like to think of it as wiring. There's wiring in our body. There's the nervous system. We all know about that. 
There's the blood vessel system. We all know about that. There's the lymphatic system. You talk a lot about that. You know, this is, this is just the tubing and wiring that goes in the body, but there's also an electrical system in the body. That's how our heart keeps beating. That's how our brain stays alive. You know, when our electrical system shorts and stops, that's when we die. Mm -hmm. So the electrical system also keeps all of the organs functioning. Well, every single tooth is connected on an electrical line to the rest of the organ systems in the body. Mm. And it's interesting because every organ system is actually represented in the mouth. I love so those I can, parts. Yeah, those yeah. Parts, okay. I geek out on those shirts all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. And there's just so much connection. And so these teeth right here are the ones that are connected to the breast. And the canines, just for people listening. Right behind them. The tooth right behind the canines. Okay. Right there. Okay. Those teeth. I have yet to find someone with breast cancer that didn't have a root canal in those teeth. <gasps> yeah. And wow. the research shows it's about 70% or more of people with breast cancer that have root canals right there. So what does it do? Well, the root canal acts like a short in the circuit. So you know how electrical circuits work. And if there's a short, something that shorts it, well, everything on that same circuit will, you know, will stop working. No electricity will go there. So it shorts the circuit and the body is now not able to keep that area healthy the same way. There's one, there's one gentleman I'll always remember. He walked in and I looked at him and you know how sometimes you look at somebody and you want to say something, but you don't really dare. <laughs> and, yeah. and after a while, I just said, you're orange, you know? And he said, well, I know people ask me all the time if I use self tanning cream. And I said, well, do you? And he said, no, I don't know why I'm orange. I looked at his x-rays and what I found is he had root canals on all four of these front teeth. He'd gotten hit in a, like a skiing accident. And when his younger years, these are all liver, liver and gallbladder. Oh. They shorted out. He was jaundiced and had been for years. Wow. Because of the shorts on these front teeth that he'd gotten knocked out in an accident when he was young. Wow. So, I mean, there's just so much connection. Um, so how do you diagnose it? You know, if you don't know, if you're just orange, you know, yeah. right, <laughs> right. Know. Um, it's with a CT scan. It's called a cone beam CT scan. Thankfully, we actually have it now. And it is 100% necessary. People will ask me, well, should I have one? 100%. I can't even like there is no person I would say no to. Right. Because it is so diagnostic. It is a three-dimensional object. I can turn you upside down, inside out. I can see every little tube on those teeth. I can see if there's something infected. I can look at the bone. I can see if it's grown back, if it's dense, if it's not. No question. You need a cone beam CT scan and you need one preferably that shows your whole head because there's all kinds mm. of things that I can see in your whole head. A lot of dentists have one that's just this size. Because they're using it to, to determine whether you need a dental implant mm. and if you have enough bone to do that. Well, I don't want just this. I right. want this. <laughs> I want the whole thing. Yeah. One thing I've learned about the comb beam is that it just because your dentist has a comb beam doesn't mean that they're using it or know how to read it properly. So what would be a question that I would ask my dentist to make sure that they were going to read this right? Because um, I can tell you I've had a comb beam. Um, because I've have one tooth has been pulled that it, it's really interesting because it was supposed to be a root canal. This is back in the ninety the nineteen nineties. It was supposed to be a root canal, and I had a good friend who told me, "Don't get a root canal; it's bad for you." Pull the tooth, so I pulled the tooth, which thank God I did. Um, but I I I assume there's probably there's a cavitation or some kind of infection in there. Did a full comb beam, showed nothing. But then everybody said, well, maybe the person didn't read the comb beam right. So 
explain that. How do we help people find a dentist that knows how to take it and read it properly so we're getting a good good uh, read on, on infections? So the good the first question is what is the size? Does it show the whole head? And it's not just a setting on your machine, it's actually the machine itself. Like oh, some machines okay. do not have the capability of doing more than just your mouth. Right. So you need to find out can you take a scan of the whole head? That's the first right. question. And then the next question is are you able to diagnose failed root canals? Are you looking for areas in the bone that didn't heal properly? Are you looking for airway issues? You know, and they'll just kind of go, uh, you know, <laughs> and then that, that means no. Yeah. Um, so there are dentists that can do this virtually. And this is something mm -hmm. I do a lot for patients all over the world, actually. Uh, they'll get a CT scan taken elsewhere, send it to me, and then I'll do a reading on it and tell them what I'm seeing. Because there are definitely, it's not like it's hard. It's just not things that we're trained to look for. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and any kind of diagnostic, an MRI, x-ray, there is a skill set to learn how to find what you're looking for. So I, I, the more, if you're, if you're reading thousands of them, I'm like, you're the gal to go to. So uh, that's, that's super important. Okay. Okay. Go to airway. Are we done with infections? Yeah, Is do there cavitations any? first. Oh yeah. Do cavitations. So you mentioned it. You yeah. said you had a tooth removed. Yeah. Oh, and you said maybe I have a cavitation. Well, what in the world is that? Yep. What it means is that when a tooth is removed, and it could be any tooth, but it's most frequently wisdom teeth because that's the most frequently removed tooth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how many people have had wisdom teeth out? Are they, like, by, by the way, is it necessary to pull wisdom teeth? Wisdom teeth? Great question. That goes back to nutrition. So a lot of people in the health world have heard of Dr. Weston Price. Yeah. Dr. Weston Price was a dentist, actually. He uh, found that there were so much, there was so much with development that was based on nutrition. What the what the the mamas and daddies ate before birth, like during, you know, all these things. And what he found is that people who were eating a diet rich in fat soluble vitamins, that was the big key, um, those vitamins A, D, E, and K, people who were eating those vitamins, enough of them had large wide, beautiful smiles and mouths that had enough room for all their teeth to fit. Mm. Those that didn't have those diets didn't have room. And it's interesting because if you look at skulls 200, 300 years ago, everyone has their wisdom teeth in and they fit. Wow. Most wow. people today, they don't fit. So I absolutely, if, it, if there's room for the tooth to come in and not cause any issues with the tooth in front, with the gums, with anything in the, in the future, leave them be, yeah. leave them be. I have one child that we pulled him before I knew, and and the second child, he's got a very wide mouth, and he, we've we've kept them in. My where my brain goes with the nutrition question, though, is well, in this day and age, with so much gut dysbiosis, especially in our younger generation, you could even feed a kid great nutrition, but they're not necessarily absorbing those fat soluble uh, vitamins or supplements. So. What, is it possible if I have a child to like come to a dentist like you and, and you could give an idea or are there certain dentists that can give an idea like, hey, the mouth is, is growing in a really nice way or you need to make some adaptations as the skull and the mouth and the head is growing in, in our children? 100%. That's why we've started a pediatric department in our practice for that reason, because I see all these sick adults and I think, 
gosh, I wish I'd seen you when you were five. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. what, what we could have done preventatively at five. So there's all sorts of things that we can use to actually influence the growth and development of the jaws so that yeah. there is enough room. And, you know, this is interesting. It's something I learned through personal experience. I adopted my son when he was two and a half and his birth mother actually said, I'm glad you're a dentist because his teeth are so messed up. And they were so, so messed up still. And uh, part of it, he didn't have room for any of them, a two and a half even. And what I learned is that the first bone affected by malnutrition is the top jaw. First bone. Interesting. So when we have, guess what we've now created? We've seen uh, our malnutrition in the flourishing of orthodontic care. Because everybody has crooked teeth, right? Wow. So what's interesting about that, and then everybody's trying to cosmetically change them without uh, identifying why they may be going off in the first place. So if I if I have a I've had a root canal, I've had, I mean, I'm sorry, I've had wisdom teeth pulled. uh, What do I do if I'm listening to this? How do I know? Yep. What do you do about it? Yeah. So. Two questions. First of all, you know, the size and space of the mouth. So we're going to get to that with airway because there's some serious things that are that need to be known there. But the second is just did that area heal? Like where the tooth come at came out, did it heal? And part of the problem with wisdom teeth, I believe, is when we take them out. I mean, think about how old you are, you know, right. 15, 16. Are you eating your best? Are you sleeping your no. best? You're still no. growing. You, you know, like that's I, I say it's the worst time to put four holes in someone's head. Yeah. Really? Because you're just not well said. When you say it that way, it's yeah. like whoa. Yeah, yeah. You're that you're not well primed to heal at that point. Yeah. Your your resources are going elsewhere. So often they don't heal, meaning there's just a dead little spot in the zone, a, de- a dead zone in the bone has a piece of ligament, a piece of bone, a piece of tooth, something in there that did not allow that bo- that bone to heal. The soft tissue or the gum grows over top, and now you have this cesspool down in here of dead mm-hmm. stuff. Remember, bugs love dead stuff. Right. Right. So we biopsy these and there are bacteria, virus, fungus, parasites. We find entamoeba swimming around in here. Oh. So this dead tissue, again, is a very, it's a, it's a very protected environment for these bugs because the immune system, the police force can't get in there. It's dead. There's no blood flow in. Mm. Police force can't get in, but they can throw their junk out. So they throw throw their toxins out. It throws off everything. And interestingly enough, from a hormone standpoint, remember those energy circuits? Mm-hmm. Well, the energy circuit for wisdom teeth is the entire endocrine system. So if That's you have crazy. adrenal issues, fatigue issues, thyroid problems, sex hormone issues, you need to go see, do you have unhealed areas in your bone because of a tooth removal, either up here in the front or wisdom teeth? And I don't, I don't call it a cavitation very often, and I'll tell you why. Because if you ask any dentist if they believe in cat believe <laughs> in cavitations, they'll say, "Oh no, that's mm-hmm. that's like crazy talk." There's there's no research showing that that's true. Mm-hmm. And then if I say, "Well, have you ever found an area in the bone that didn't heal right after a tooth was removed?" They'll go, "Oh yeah, yeah, all the time." Like when I t- when I'm you know placing a dental implant, you know I'll just like psh, fall into this hole and it'll bleed like crazy and it didn't heal right. I'm like, we're talking about the same thing. But the the, the term cavitation has a huge, um, I'm not going to say misnomer, it's the wrong word. It's not, it's thought of very negatively in the dental Mm. profession. So I don't like to use that term. I call it an area in the bone that didn't heal properly. That's crazy. So, uh, so the, I love the brilliance behind the phrasing of that, by the way, I, that was, that's pretty powerful. Um, 
I want to go back to the hormone thing before we move on to the airways. Um, you have me thinking, cause this is my wheelhouse and I see so many women struggling with menopause. And the first thing I think is that the conversation around perimenopause and menopause is like HRT, no HRT, which seems like just a small little surface conversation. So I'm really in that world trying to get people to think about lifestyle. How do we change your lifestyle after 40? And what I find is that once you change a woman's lifestyle, there really starts, she starts to see a change in her hormones and her menopause symptoms. What I, you just gave me another piece to the puzzle, which is, and if those cha lifestyle changes aren't working, we got to go and look at those wisdom teeth that were pulled because there may be some hidden infection in those wisdom teeth. D have you seen evidence where a woman's menopausal symptoms go away when you clean up those, those wi wisdom teeth infections? Oh, every single hormonal system goes, or hormonal symptom goes away. We have Fertility? people fertility, all kinds of things, because again, it's just a short in the circuit. And I never, I will never say cancer, heart disease, infertility, right. menopause symptoms are caused because of your teeth. I will never say that, but I will say that all of these things impact your body's ability to keep itself healthy. So obviously when you're changing lifestyle, you are changing the body's ability to keep itself healthy. Yes. When we are removing infection, we're adding an additional layer of adding to the body's ability to keep itself healthy. Yeah. You know, So this is why we'll see incremental change with all of the good things we do. They're yeah. all part of the puzzle for people. Right. Yeah. I think that's so powerful because again, what I, what I want an episode like this to do is help people see that there may be something out there that A, they're doing that could be destroying their health or B, it could be why you're not healing. And that's really what we're discussing here. Okay. So, okay, go on to airways. I want to make sure, cause you, you are uh, one, the way you explain airways, uh, I have never heard of it this way. And I do want to note that I will be coming to visit you as soon as my schedule frees up because <laughs> yeah. I want to look at my airway. I want you to look at my cavitation, um, x-rays. So that definitely is on my list, but you, you yeah. really look at airways in a unique way and I will be full transparency. I think I've told you this. I'm one of those people that went and got a full from what I thought was a functional orthodontist a full um, uh, bite night guard that I wear that stops the grinding of my teeth. And I remember you saying, well, that might work temporarily, but in the long haul, it might be a problem. So talk about airways. Okay. So let's actually segue from infections to that. Oftentimes those infections in the mouth are leading to swelling in the back of the throat. Because if you think about it, where are wisdom teeth at? Way oh. back in the back of the throat, right? Oh, yeah. So we will see swollen tissue at the back of the throat. Uh, we will there. So there's a lot of things we look at. So what do we do about infections? We remove infected wisdom teeth. We clean out infected areas in the bone that didn't heal properly because it's causing oftentimes swelling in the back of the throat back there. That's just one thing it causes. It causes a lot of things, but that's just one thing. But there's so many people who say, I can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. I have to pee a whole bunch of times at night. I grind my teeth really bad. Uh, you know, I have shorter teeth than I'd like. I can tell I've been grinding my teeth and they don't know that there's any one thing that we can actually do about all of that. So it's interesting. There's different sleep cycles. Everybody knows this. You've heard it before. You know, there's light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep, all those kinds of things. Well, in deep sleep, which is, I like to think of it as construction zone. 
during construction zone where all the business actually happens. Your body rebuilds cells. It starts to regenerate. It, re, it reboots your brain. It does all of those things. That all happens in deep sleep. During deep sleep, the body, part of the definition of deep sleep is paralysis, meaning all of the muscles paralyze. This is when we don't move. So if you lay down and all that tissue in the back of the throat closes off the throat because of gravity now, when you go to deep sleep, the muscles that are holding that airway open and allowing air to pass relax, including the tongue. The airway closes. And what does your body do? Well, it wakes you up. It wakes you up. Or it sque- you, grind, you squeeze your teeth because when you squeeze your teeth, it flattens the tongue. Or you grind, you move your bottom jaw forward because it opens up the room for air back here. You wake up and you go, oh, I got to pee. No, no, no. You don't have to pee. You woke up. So now you have to pee. (laughs) So like, you know, so you didn't wake up because you had to pee. There's actually a hormone in the body that turns off when we're in deep sleep. So if you're waking up to pee, it means you're not in deep sleep. All of these are signs that you have an airway obstruction. So if you are grinding your teeth, if you are clenching your teeth, if you are wearing your teeth off, if you wake up with headaches in the morning because your muscles are tired because they've been working all night long, if you wake up and you feel like, did I even sleep? Like, I swear I was asleep, but I don't feel rested at all. Most likely you actually were never in deep sleep. So what if I, like, I have an aura ring and I'm getting deep sleep for most of the night. Does that mean that I'm okay? Like... What is it? You tell me, what is your body saying? Do you feel okay? Like, do you feel good in the morning? Do you feel like your brain's backing up? All those things. Yeah, I do. And I also biohack the out of myself. So I get up out of my bed. You work really hard at it. I work really hard at it. I get out of my bed. I plop in my oxygen chamber, but, Uh um, and you know, my diet is impeccable. I fast. I mean, I, but but I, but my mouth is a really interesting one for my overall hormonal health. So I didn't know that about waking up at two in the morning. That has definitely been a menopausal symptom that I've worked really hard at trying to overcome. And I just when I feel like I get some rhythm with it, all of a sudden I'm like, why am I back waking up at two in the morning? Yep. So talk, you said something that's really interesting. I'd never heard this before. There's a hormone that turns off that we're not supposed to, makes it so that we're not supposed to pee in the middle of the night. Yeah, because otherwise we would. I mean, do we go eight hours during the day without having to go to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, there's a hormone cycle at night that turns off the need to go to the bathroom. But Here's what happens. If you're already awake, if you're already awake, well, then you're awake. I mean, what do we do the first thing we wake up? Yeah, we, we go, to the bathroom. go to the bathroom, right? So if you're already awake, you do that. But here's another thing as well. When you are, when you have low oxygen, it actually increases the amount of ammonia that the system creates. And ammonia is incredibly irritating to the bladder. So one of the signs mm. in children that they are not getting enough oxygen at night is bedwetting. Because they aren't waking up enough to stimulate the need to go to the bathroom, but their bladder is dumping this because it's full of ammonia and is really irritating to the bladder. So they'll bed wet clear until, you know, 10, 12, 14 years old and cannot figure out what to do. That child is not breathing. That child is not breathing. So what, what's, what's a good oxygen saturation rate? We want to see in the high 90s. Okay. So that would be like, so like I do again, aura ring tells me. 
like gives me, so, and I get like, I see that I've got, you know, that I can be, I'm at like 98%. So a lot of my following, you know, a lot of my community will wear these aura rings. So that would be another indicator. What about HRV? Do we see any connection between airways and, and heart rate variability? Yes. So heart rate variability is an interesting one that I've studied quite a bit about actually. Um, Heart rate variability, my, the best way I've heard it described is if you are in the country and there is no one else around and you're driving down the road, you can drive this way and this way. You could stop in the middle of the road. Nobody cares. There's a lot of variability that you can do on that drive. Yeah. If you are in New York City and you're driving on the freeway, you stay in your lane. Otherwise, you're going to die, right? So you stay in your lane. There's zero variability. The more stressed our body is, the less variability there is. So what you're going to see is you're going to see less variability the more oxygen constriction or issues you have Mm. because the body is stressed, it's strained, and it has to stay in this lane to be able to keep itself functioning properly. So if you have low variability, which is not what you want on heart rate variability, if you have low variability, it means most likely something's stressing you at night you're not getting enough air. It's the most common thing that could be happening. Snores. I actually like snoring. I don't like snoring, but I like snoring because at least it gives you a symptom. You know, at least, you know, snoring is a sign of a poor airway. A hundred percent. If you snore, that means something is in the way of your airway because that's just something flapping in the breeze. There shouldn't be anything flapping in the breeze. Your airway should just be able to, you know, airway passage should be open. But I like it when people snore because they have a sign that they can go now address. Oh, I sure. But there's so many people that just don't sleep. Yeah. So, so if you're listening to the, I mean, when I hear these three things that you just walked through, I'm like, (laughs) oh my God, like it, A, it makes me scared to go to the dentist. B, (laughs) it makes me a little bit like, how are we going to unwind this for people? Because, you know, the work you do is so necessary and so impressive, but not everybody has the resources to be able to walk in and just clean up their mouth in that way. So is there a way for us to take what we just learned from you and chunk it down and say, hey, start with this? Um, You know, can we baby step our way into cleaning up our mouth? Yep. And the way I usually will tackle this is what is your primary symptom? So if your primary symptom is neurologic based, so if you have brain fog, if you have numbness, if you have a lot of gut issues, then start with mercury removal. Mm. That's where I'm going to tell you to start. Yep. If you have hormone problems, if you have some of these serious acute diseases, cancer, heart disease, strokes, diabetes, in autoimmune conditions across the board, right? We see Hashimoto's, um, all sorts of arthritis, things like Sjogren's mm. disease. If you have an autoimmune disease, you're going to start with infection. So you're going to identify, is there infection in the mouth? If you have high blood pressure, if you're waking up all night long and feel like trash in the morning, then you're going to start with airway. So we just tackle the first symptom, the symptom that you're really struggling with, and that helps guide where is the entry point into this kind I of thing. I love that. And the entry point is always that cone beam CT scan, always. Right. Okay. So for all three of those roads, you're going to start with that cone beam CT scan because we need to know where you're heading so right. we don't make missteps you know, along the way. Just because we started with this doesn't mean we shouldn't know that this is 
going to be coming, you know, and we don't want to do something that's detrimental in those areas too. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so helpful. Thank you for chunking that down because, um, you know, I always tell patients that when you have a chronic situation in the body, whether it's waking up at night or it's an autoimmune condition, the first thing you should always do is change your lifestyle that I'm like a huge lifestyle fanatic. Um, the second thing you should do is look at how do you detox um, but when you bring up the detox issue, now you've got a, the, the number one rule of detoxing is making sure you're not toxifying yourself before you go into any kind of fancy plan. And that's usually when the teeth conversation comes up. And so my advice always is go to a dentist like you and just get an assessment. Just, yep. just see what's there like, and, and tell that dentist like, okay, give it to me all. And they're going to give you a, you know, a breakdown. It may be a large bill and then you can chunk it down and figure out what to do from there. But what I, what is really frustrating, and I think you probably see this a lot is the person that's like, I'm fasting, I'm detoxing, I'm taking supplements, I'm exercising, I'm doing everything. And I still don't feel well. What is wrong? And that's where I think what you just said is the answer and everybody needs to look at that. And I bet that's the type of patient you get. Is that kind of what's pouring into your office all the time? Yep. A lot of times we're the sixth or seventh practitioner they've seen, you know, and finally somebody like you says, I think you'll need to go see a dentist. And they're like, what? Why would yeah. I want to go see a dentist? No, no, no. Just, just trust me. Just go see a dentist, yeah. you know, and then they, and then they show up in our office and all of those things that you've done from a lifestyle standpoint are going to help with healing, with all the things that we're talking about, with helping that to all resolve in a, you know, a faster, more complete way. Um, and, you know, sometimes we don't do everything and we don't do everything at once. You know, we leave mercury yeah. alone for a little while or the airway problems yeah. actually clear up when we take care of the infection. It completely mm. just goes away. And, Maybe. you know, those kinds of things. But I, I just always tell people just have the plan to begin with. Yeah. Because I don't want to do something like we're going to remove a mercury. Yeah. Let me give you a real example. We're going to remove a mercury filling on a tooth and uh, do a crown or do, you know, do something on it. And that tooth is actually a failed root canal. Right. Well, right. you've just wasted your money. Right. You yes. know, so that's why you need to know, is the foundation good before I'm fixing the top? You know, we need the whole picture in mind. Otherwise, sometimes we spin our wheels and spend a lot of money and do things that actually aren't the right order or even the right thing at all because we don't have the whole picture in mind. You know, I've I've sat with so many people who have been chronically ill, and that is the most frustrating place to be is when you're like, I don't know the way out of this moment and I've tried everything. So it's yep. it's such a good point. Um, with the time we have left, give us an idea. This is another huge, we probably could do a whole episode on this. Our daily care of our teeth, your toothpaste matters, your, your floss matters. Like talk a little bit about hygiene, daily hygiene. What do we need to know and how do we make sure we're not toxifying ourselves with our daily, uh, uh, teeth hygiene? So the big one is the toothpaste, you know, just pull it out and look at it, read the ingredients. Do you really want to eat all of those things? And people will say, well, I don't swallow it. Yes, you do. <laughs> because it gets mixed with your saliva and you're yeah. swallowing your saliva. You 100% are swallowing anything you're putting in your mouth. And the, the gums are one cell thick. It's permeable. They're getting through your gums and into your bloodstream. Look at your toothpaste too. If you don't want to eat those things, then you should not be brushing your teeth with it. Yeah. So I tell everybody, do not brush with any commercial toothpaste. They're horrible. 
They pretty much have the things that make it foam up so that you like it. They make it taste good. They put a lot of artificial sweeteners in there. They put uh, detergents in there to try and kill bugs, detergents that you should, you know, only wash your counters with and not even maybe that. Yeah. They, they put, um, it's called sodium lauryl sulfate, which makes it all foamy so that you feel like it's doing a great job for you. Those kill all the cells in your mouth. Um, they're like on and on and on. And then the big is fluoride. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk a little bit about that because everybody thinks I'm crazy when I say that I they put fluoride in our water here in in San Jose, which is really sad. My favorite. Yep. Yeah. So the problem with fluoride is that we don't need it. Not only it, when you have a cavity or when a tooth is weakening, what it, all that's happening is the minerals in the tooth are dissolving either because you've been putting acid on the tooth in the form of sugar that the bacteria eat or soda pop or, you know, something like that. You're, you're literally dissolving your teeth with acid. Um, so the thing that's missing in the tooth that creates the cavity is the minerals. Mm. When you add fluoride back, it actually makes a harder crystal. So it makes it more resistant to acid. However, it also hardens and makes everything a little bit more brittle, including every other structure that it incorporates into, like your bones. Mm -hmm. So now we see high rates of hip fractures in areas that have fluoridated water because now everything's more brittle, harder and more brittle. It also interferes. This is the other one I was talking about. It interferes with the binding of iodine because fluoride and iodine are cousins. They're the same. They're, they're, they're both called halides. They're on the periodic table next to each other. And so fluoride is a bully. It will push iodine out of the receiving site on your thyroid hormone. So people will show, they'll have thyroid symptoms. Gosh, I feel so tired. I don't have any energy. They'll get a blood test and it'll show your thyroid hormone is just fine. No, it's not. It's actually full of fluoride instead of iodine. So how many people do you know that have low thyroid function? And That's even so when many. they're tested that they say, oh, you're just fine, but I'm not fine. It's most right. likely fluoride. There's no reason to put fluoride back into a tooth. It's not missing fluoride. It's missing minerals. That's so I'm just saying, why do we put something back it never had? Let's just put back what it's missing. So that's hydroxyapatite. The mineral that a tooth is made mm -hmm. of is called hydroxyapatite. So thankfully now we have products. I formulated a product just for this because I was so tired of people not having a good option. You Amazing. put hydroxyapatite back in the tooth. It completely rebuilds the tooth. It can remineralize the start of cavities. It can reverse cavities. And it can make teeth no no more sensitivity. It just puts back what you were born with. Wow. And where do we get this? We're going to have to put a link there. You get this. <laughs> so um, on my website, Living Well with Dr. Michelle is where the website, and, and I it's been absolutely crazy, actually. We've sold hundreds and hundreds of thousands of bottles of I tooth bet. powder since last fall. We I bet. keep it in stock. And yep. the results coming back have just been extraordinary. People are like, I, I will never brush with anything ever again. My teeth actually feel clean. So that's the first step of cleaning is use the right thing to clean, right? Use a soft toothbrush. The only use for a hard toothbrush is to clean your toilet or the oil on your ah. toilet. That's it. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> soft <Okay>. toothbrush. <laughs> what about floss versus pick water pick? I don't even care if you floss. People are always like, what? You're a dentist. I don't even care if you floss. I just want something to get in between the teeth. So my favorite water flosser or water pick is called a shower floss. It's in your shower. It connects between the wall and your shower head. So it doesn't have to make a mess because you are already wet in the shower and it's already oh, yeah. messy in the shower. That's why so, I hate, that's why I hate a water pick. Everybody like, hates it. It's God, messy. Saying that. 
Yep. Yes. This just diverts. You divert a little bit of the water into the water pick. You squirt your mouth out. You clean out your ring. You clean out the corner of the grout on your shower with it. And then you divert the water back and you're all done and you're still wet. And you're, you know, you got an extra minute or two in the shower. So I don't care what you use. You just need to do it. Something in between your teeth. And we can we find that on your website too? Yes. Yep. Shower flosser. The other last thing you need to do is clean your tongue. The tongue is like a shag carpet. And I believe if anyone has geographic tongue, if anyone struggles with candida, I believe it's a tongue problem that the the fungus that lives in your tongue. So people will say all the time, well, I, I, I brush my tongue. I don't care. Go do a test, go brush your tongue and then go scrape your tongue. And you're going to be grossed out at what's still living on your tongue. You will never not scrape your tongue again. So once a day, you need to, you need to clean your tongue too. Do you know that when I had chronic fatigue syndrome in my early 20s, um, I learned a lot about candida at that point. And so I knew that I had a lot of candida in me. So when I started fasting, one of the things I started looking at was my tongue. And this is super gross because when I first started fasting, there was literally, I'd be like two days into a fast and there would be a black line down the center of my tongue. And I was like, oh my God, I'm killing candida. And so I did that tongue scraper. And do you know now, like I use my tongue, if there's a little bit of whiteness on it, I'm like, okay, you know, I got to bring the carbohydrate load down. Like, what do I need to do? So y- the tongue is really, really important. So I'm so happy you said that. Yep, I've got whole books over here just on tongue diagnosis. I mean, it's That's the Chinese have been doing this for centuries, you know, right. we just right. kind of forgot about it. So yeah, clean your tongue, keep it healthy. Mind, keep it healthy. Mind. Yeah. So good. Okay. Well, that was you literally, I, it was funny because before this episode, I was like, okay, there's so much I want my audience to hear that I know you are an expert in yet. It's all very overwhelming. So I just want to say hats off. That was a beautiful job in giving people a crash course and what they need to know in their dentist. So we'll leave all your links and stuff in there. Um, the last question I have for you, and this is one that I, I ask all of my guests every, every year I have a theme for my podcast and this year it's self-love. So part of self-love is that there's a ritual that goes with self-love and there's an owning of your superpower. To me, that's self-love. So do you have any, a ritual that you just pour into yourself every day? And what do you think your superpower is that you bring to the world? So I love to take a bath. <laughs> nice. I don't get it every day. I wish I got it every day. But I combine two things and I, I uh, make it very good for myself because I read. I'm a voracious reader. Me too. I read and take a bath at the same time. I read your book in the bathtub. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> I, I wonder how many people I've taken a bath with now I come to think of it. <laughs> exactly. We have to do a poll a lot. on that. So have we, uh, have we taken a bath together before? <laughs> That's right. That'll be my new, whenever I run into people out in public and they tell me they love the book, I always go, oh, what's your longest fast? Now I'm going to say, oh, did you take a bath with me? <laughs> that was good. Very good. We did. <laughs> you and I took a bath together. I love it. <laughs> yep. So that's definitely one of my rituals. And my husband, he can tell, like, he, he'll be like, oh, you had a really hard day. Do you just need to take a bath? <laughs> ah, I love yes, that. Yes, I do. Thank you very much. Um, my superpower, I think, is making things that are complex simpler. Oh, I love that. Do you know, I'm actually tear up when you say that because A, I would agree with you. 
Um, so, I mean, this literally, I mean, I, there's so many paths we could have gone down and I just feel like you gave the best crash course on the mouth that I have ever heard anybody give in an hour. So I would agree. And I hope everybody understands, you know, every aspect of what you said, but here's the reason why that touched me so much. Do you know that 95% of the guests I have brought on this year have said that? That really? their superpower is taking the complicated and making it simple. And when you look at the, the people that I bring on to this podcast, it's the thought leaders. It's the people who are revolutionizing their, their specific profession or whatever they're a master of. And one of the things I can tell you, I, my sister has a uh, photographic memory. She went to Princeton for undergraduate, got a PhD at Yale. And I, you know, in watching her trajectory, hanging around a lot of incredibly intelligent people, intelligence is of no use if you can't explain something simply to somebody. Yep. And what you, that superpower that you just said, I think is, is magnificent and we all should have it. So absolutely love that. Yeah, and I, I always tell people a confused patient, a confused consumer, a confused whomever cannot say yes. No, they're overwhelmed. They say no, was, actually. Yeah. They say no because you, they can't say yeah. yes. Yeah. So you can't help anyone unless you can make it simple. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I could have talked to you for hours. How do people find you? We're going to leave links. I know, I know we're going to have to do a part two. I'm coming to visit you. I promise you by the end of the year, I will be in your dental chair. Um, and, but where do people find you? Because you're, you have a lot to offer the world. You have your living well, um, program. So talk a little bit about that. So my dental practice is called Total Care Dental. And it's a little bit of a unique practice because we have multi-specialty all under one roof. So I don't do all the dentistry. I'm not a one-man show. Um, we have specialists that actually provide all of this care under one roof, which is pretty pretty cool. Um, so it's called Total Care Dental, totalcaredental.com. That's where all the dental pieces live. And then I love to incorporate all the lifestyle pieces as well. And that's my Living Well with Dr. Michelle platform. That's where you can find the tooth powder. That's where you can find other things. I'm, I have a tooth remineralization kit where you can reverse cavities, um, a whole bunch of things there, as well as some lifestyle pieces that I know you, you speak about as well. Yeah. Oh, Michelle, this was amazing. So thank you again. You know, these are the kind of podcasts we saved somebody's life today and they needed to hear this. So I just appreciate your superpower and you taking the time. So thank super you. grateful for you. Thank you so much for joining me in today's episode. I love bringing thoughtful discussions about all things health to you. If you enjoyed it, we'd love to know about it. So please leave us a review, share it with your friends, and let me know what your biggest takeaway is.